Coffee Time Wednesdays with uh, the Prairie Farm Podcast. Can't hit us with the jingle. Do 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 do. Welcome back to the Prairie Farm Podcast, presented by Hoxie Native Seeds. Coffee Time Wednesday. The best fifteen minutes of your week, possibly the worst of ours. I'm a little, I'm a little groggy. I had some chocolate milk for lunch today. But I knew this was going to happen when you wanted to record this after you ate lunch. I knew you were going to get all sleepy and look. Kent wanted to record before, so I'm either grouchy and I hate everything that I'm reading. That's when the best content comes out. No, yeah, but then I <laughs> like you so much less. <laughs> he turns into Judge Judy. <laughs> <laughs> quiet, quiet. Listen here. No, okay. When I now that we're doing these intros or whatever. I, I used to be so annoyed with podcasts. I'd be like, just get to the meat. And they just uh, have these yeah. long intros or they like have a hundred sponsors. We have one sponsor and then plus the intro that we give. And I'm like, I feel like every part's important. And I don't even say the host and co-host part anymore. Yeah. And it's still longer than I would like. But, uh, you know, yeah. those Snickers commercials where you, where people turn into a diva of some sort. Yeah. When they, when they, uh, are when hungry, they're hungry, hangry. Yeah. What diva would you turn into when you're hangry? What do I actually turn into? Yeah, like like what what do you imagine you would turn into? Oh, like, you like don't who? Have to, you like don't have, what you what person? You don't have to name like a specific person, but maybe describe like like the kind of person that you would. Be. Well, you don't have to like throw shade at us. I think I'm like a little cutting. I think I'm like Jesse Eisenberg. You remember how you told me I don't have to throw shade at any celebrity? You just went for it. Yeah. That guy, he, he, I don't know who that is. Yeah, you do. He's in Zombieland. Um, he's like the young, spunky, oh, okay. curly haired looking yeah, yeah, guy. Yeah. And he's yep, like kind yep, of a jerk yep. or I've heard he's kind of a jerk in real life. So if how he is on this movie screen, which I'm not saying this is, but if that's any representation on how he could be a jerk in real life, then he, he has a brother who's like a comedian, right? I, don't know. I think he does. Yeah, possibly. Maybe. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. He plays Lex Luthor in the newest uh, Man of Steel. Yeah, no, you're 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 going way beyond. Uh, Clayton accuses me of being, uh, what does he say? Uh, so uncultured. So uncultured. Well, you can only know so much. And you know so much about like things that almost nobody cares about. I mean, knows about. And no, no. no uh, but that's who I would be. What I actually become is I actually don't get hangry that much. Um, I do like a little bit, but I really, it really shows when I'm tired. If I'm, t- and, and what's weird is when I'm, when I'm hungry and I don't like the term hangry cause it makes me feel like I actually can't control what I'm at. Like, sorry, I'm hitting you and getting, calling you mean names and being rude and just being a bad person. I'm hangry. Like, shut up. Either control yourself or eat something, you know, <laughs> get it together. But that was something that my, my dad's friends used to always say, they'd be like, control yourself. (laughs) But they'd be like, you know, ranting about somebody who did something annoying. Control yourself. (laughs) I don't know, man. That's just, that's just what I think about people who scream about being hangry, but tired for me is weird because I don't, when you're hungry, you recognize it. When I'm tired, I don't always recognize it. I'll just, I'll just, it'll just be four o'clock in the afternoon. I'm like, why am I so angry at everybody? And then I'm like, oh, I only slept for three hours last night. That's right. I need to go take it. So you can blame sleep and not hunger. Yep. Okay, Mr. Double Standard. Okay, listen, if you don't sleep for three straight days, you're clinically insane and can't be convicted of murder. I heard that somewhere. I don't know if it's true. But, but 
if you're hungry, well, the, the same forgiveness is not there. So the scientists say, possibly, haven't looked this up. <laughs> oh my that, goodness. Well, there are some things I have looked up. I'm going to jump into what I did look up. How about that? That's good. I looked up AI. And what about AI? Dude, we're going, we're reading from the same media source today. Oh, Scientific American? Yeah. Well, the one I read before that was The Verge, and it just it just pointed to a different scientific article. So I was like, I don't sure. know. But basically, how much, uh, how big of a carbon footprint does AI give? There apparently is no good data on like per inquiry, but listen to this for chat GPT to get set up. It was the equivalent of 123 gasoline powered passenger vehicles uh, driven for one straight year just wow. to get it up and running. And now there are like millions of inquiries on it every single day. You know what I mean? And so, and my guess is getting it running was probably a lot more because they probably lined up a bunch of information, pressed download, and then just had servers and servers. There was one article that was saying, worst case scenario, if Google took all of their servers and converted them to like AI servers, you'd be talking about like a small country like Ireland's worth wow. of power in uh, in a year. So... Yeah. And that's just Google. I know Bitcoin is like, yeah, I think the a... total cryptocurrency footprint, and it's probably down now because there was like a crazy, you know, crypto scourge there for a bit. But it was like all of Venezuela's power was the equivalent to cryptocurrency. Yeah, there was something about that with how it compared to the amount of energy used to build the Hoover Dam and then how much energy was used to build the Hoover Dam compared to all the world wars combined or something like that. You know, yeah. it's like, it, it gets to be really staggering when you hear some of those, those values for, for, um, operating costs from an energy standpoint. I on, I honestly think. Nick, uh, let's hit pause. I think we need to check our audio. It looks really weird right now. No, no, no. It just does that. Doop. Oh. It does it every time. So, sorry guys, I'm not going to pause. I'm not going to edit this out. <laughs> <You're just laughs> well, I was panicked. We were having some audio issues before we started recording. So. Yeah, that's fair. So, um, I don't know. I, I I wonder. I don't like more government control. You guys all know that. But I maybe like a tax, a higher tax on power that goes directly, not like into the IRS, goes directly to something like conservation. Um, bec like tobacco, how it's so bad for us. Um, so they tax the freak out of it just to help get people away from it. Hmm. I wonder if there was something, if, if power was more expensive, we'd use less of it. That's just the most basic economics there are. Mm. If something's more expensive, less of it gets used. Well, I think that's part of like, in a way it's not law, but in a way that's kind of what carbon credits are trying to achieve, you know? Yeah. And I, and I, I like carbon credits cause it's a private industry trying to, uh, course correct itself i do really like that part of the part of the issue is you don't want to control people on how much power they can use right so that's why we have this podcast where we tell you you can make a difference <laughs> we try to personally. influence you not control you not, not manipulate you slowly <laughs> whoa, through whoa, the branding. Whoa, yeah. <laughs> no no we're, we're, we're just trying to educate and and we believe in humans enough that they'd make a good decision but uh it it's becoming a it's not a concern at this point for how much power it's using, but it's becoming noticeable, right? And with the 
you know, and the horizon is probably going to skyrocket how much right. AI, especially as it gets better, people are going to use it for everything. You're going to, you're going to have a robot in your garage that fixes your car at night. Like gar- guarantee you're going to have mm. stuff like that. You're going to have something that makes your lunch in the middle of the night. And then you're going to be able to pick it up and then have to go to work. So you can tell those robots what to do in the shop. That's like yeah. what we're going to come down to. And it's going to make our lives a lot more. I, I wouldn't say better. It's soft. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would say cushier, you know, and if that's better then that might be, but, um, yeah, the whole AI conversation for one, it's constantly changing, but I think people's viewpoints on it change mine included, you know, at first when you hear about it, it's like, I, you know, save that for the people that are, you know, always real on top of having the latest technology, not for me. Yeah. But I think you're right. I think it's going to be integrated into the mundane things of life and look at all the things that we already do that, um, where we just rely on technology to take care of it for us. Yeah. You know, like think of banking, you know, my dad was telling me the other day, he's like, when I was a kid, when, when, uh, whenever it was payday for my parents, we were all excited. I don't know why we were excited, but we were, it yeah. was payday. Yeah. And you know, he's like, grandpa would get off from, from uh, work. He was a, you know, laborer for the union Pacific railroad. He'd get off of work, come home with his check that he had to wait in line at work, you know, to have handed out to him, you know, by the, you know, clerk or whoever was working in the, the offices there. Yeah. And then the family would get together and they'd walk down to the bank and stay in a waiting line to cash their check or, you know, deposit their check. That's wild. And put some into savings. You know, do, yeah. they would do all that banking of with that money. And now think of what banking is. Oh yeah. Controlled by our cell phones. You yeah. can you can deposit a check just by taking a picture of it. And that's been around for a long time. That's yeah. been around for over a decade. Something I find really interesting about those stories is and like just those things in general. A baseball glove in like year nineteen hundred, that was like a hefty percentage of that person's pay uh paycheck for the year. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're you're not talking about like, oh, you can just buy a few a year no one's noticing like danielle and i i could buy a baseball glove every pay period and and basically not think about it right um but no i mean not like thousand dollar baseball gloves that exist out there but you know i, mean, yeah, I could yeah, like go to decent. the store i'd go to dick sporting goods you could probably please sponsor probably, us and yeah. <laughs> but, you, could, you could probably buy a hundred dollar go or a baseball glove and my life wouldn't and get change used that much. To, and yeah and get used to that and, just like coming out like a bill yeah and but for for people back then, they could they would save up like two years for that stuff. Yeah, you know, it, or that'd be your one Christmas present. Yeah, and it's so recently Danielle and I are starting a coffee shop, and so we're like doing renovations on a building. And of course, way more money needs to be spent, or way more money is getting spent than you originally expected. So we're basically pinching pennies. We are counting every single thing. I've never done this since like college. I did it a lot in college. You know, when you're like, yeah. do I have enough money to go to Chipotle? Um, but back, but in college, you have very little money going in or out. You know, very, very small amount of money. Mm-hmm. When you get older, yeah, you make a lot more money, but a lot more money goes out of your bank account quickly. Well, we're uh, trying to get ahead of the curve, and so we're being very careful, and, and we basically ration things. So the other day, it was 
it was very exciting. It was like the first time in two weeks we had gone to Walmart and we got ourselves a little treat. We got like a little ice cream treat. It was like $4. And that was a big deal to us. But imagine like 200 years ago getting ice cream yeah. once every three years. You know, or yeah. I, I don't think it was actually that extreme. But <laughs> Well, I don't think they had ice cream 200 years ago. because they didn't <laughs> No, have... they did. They for sure had ice cream 200 years ago. Make it out ago. of snow or something? Yeah. Because um, uh, doesn't look. Either Farmer Boy or Little House on the Prairie talk about ice cream, I think. Yeah, you say you might be right. Yeah, I think they make some out of snow. Yeah, you know, but it's like a big deal to them uh, when they get when they get those extra things. And we're just like so used to all the comforts of life. And one of the things people are like, we need a standard of living. You know, we need a, a livable wage. I totally get the idea and the argument for that. But like what part of your life is livable wage fall under? Like, yeah, because livable wage 300 years ago means you probably you might not have had insulation in your house walls. Right. You know what I mean? You had to go out, and collect your firewood, you know, right. that, that kind of stuff. And and so I, I just find that fascinating. I've thought a lot, you know, along these same lines you've mentioned before. I think you've said this on the podcast, if not definitely in conversation, how you've talked with uh, farmers before who um, kind of like shed some light on how like the equipment cost game goes where things are rolled out and they're priced like just high enough to where where like it's not going to put them out of business but it's like it's going to be yeah it's expensive right like like you feel it and we do the same thing as just regular old consumers in the in our uh you know economy that we live oh yeah you know where we like oh get a nice raise you know, we don't like say, great, now I'm going to add these bills to my life. But so often, like, we, it just happens. It just happens. It's called Parkinson's law. I think I've talked about this, right? Have I talked about this on the podcast? Where well, What is it? Lifestyle creep or something like that. They call it too. Isn't that another? Yeah. Term? yeah. What, where um, humans will fill the space they're given. And it's not just talking about physical space. So like, but with uh, space, my wife and I, when we moved from college, we both had one bedroom in different houses and all our stuff fit in there. One bedroom. We didn't have anything in the living room, nothing. We, that's all the stuff we owned. We fit it all in a RAV4 when we first got married. All of our stuff in a RAV4. Wow. Within seven months, we had a full four-bedroom house, two-bathroom filled with stuff. On wheels being pulled by that RAV4. No. <laughs> dude, RAV4s are freaking awesome, though, dude. <laughs> Yeah, they, they are. are the best They're, cars. I've owned a few I, of them. I, I try not to say too many definitive things on the show, but RAV4s are the best cars, period. Uh, and and we just filled that space. And I remember one day we were like, this is ridiculous. Why are we cleaning a house this big? We don't have any kids. Sometimes we have family or friends stay, but not that often. You know, what are we doing with our lives? And so every day or every week, we brought a big old box to the thrift store. We started downsizing. And now all our stuff fits in a 600-square-foot house, one bedroom, one bathroom. And I like that. That's the amount of stuff we need. And yeah. I've said this before. I've told you this. If you have more stuff than you can keep clean or or keep updated, you have too much stuff. Yeah. If you can't manage One stuff, exception to that, tools. Because sometimes you just need a tool. You know what I mean? It's just like you don't need it that often. But hear me out. Hear me out. What if like one person in your neighborhood bought the tool? Because how yeah, often do you that need would truly the tool? that would truly be the best. And that going back, taking it back to farming, that's how a lot of farming was done. Yeah, you know, like you'd have 
I think my grandpa shared, so he stopped farming in 99 was his last harvest. Um, that's 1999, Nicholas. I'm not that old. Looking at me like that. 1899. But, uh, he, um, he, I think up until he stopped, he shared a drill with his brother and one or two neighbors. Yeah. Like their, their, uh, bean drill. Well, they had small enough farms. They could. Yeah. But I mean, it's just interesting how like you had that trust even beyond just your own. Like, it's like, Oh, if I told you with his brother, be like, oh, okay. Yeah. What, you know, that yeah. makes sense. But no, you also include somebody you're not even related to. It's just like, Hey, yeah, we all need to plant our, our crops here. Um, this thing's really expensive. What if we all just kind of like shared it, you know? Yeah. And man, think of how much more you talk to your neighbor and stuff when you do stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. I think it's good. And, and every now and then you hear of communities that operate like that, like where you have like a little cul-de-sac neighborhood or something where oh, yeah. everyone's just like super tight and, and they're sharing stuff. And man, that like warms my heart to hear that stuff still going on. I'm actually, uh, we've been really working on our sharing culture, Danielle and I, like, how much do we share stuff? Are we willing to ask people to borrow stuff? I remember some, some Nick's friend... never had a problem with that. No, dude, I, <laughs> I'm really okay with asking, but I, I knew this lady and, and man, they said their very first huge, like screaming argument was he was going to go to the neighbors and ask to borrow something. And she was like appalled, like couldn't imagine yeah. doing that. Like, and, and he's the, this guy is like the king of favors. He, mm -hmm. he, he, is a great guy. He gives tons of favors. He receives tons of favors. Um, and that's just better, you know? And so Danielle and I, we've asked to borrow lots and lots of tools working on this building. And we're trying to figure out how do we let them know, hey, we really appreciate it. You know, do you get them like a $10 gift card? Do you just write them a note? You know, because some of those tools are expensive. They're like a thousand bucks. And yeah. they're just letting us use it for a couple months. Now it's going to just sit in their garage. You're going to Carol a lot of $10 Yeah, Yeah, I know. I'm going to add so much money for that. <laughs> he probably at this point just owns a stake in the company though. A lot of my tools are just my dad's tools. That he, oh, yeah. And he has since gone and bought replacements because he knew they were never coming back. <laughs> well, a lot of my Sorry, friends' Dad. tools are their dad's old tools yeah i got a bunch of those dad got a new one i'll take this old one <laughs> yeah, yeah for sure yeah my yeah. garage is getting a little a little parkinson laud a little filled with you know stuff. speaking of 1899 um <laughs> is this you transition to your topic uh no we are but, very far away from I, know, AI. I know Should but we? i want i wanted to throw this in there because okay, it goes okay. so like one of the cool things about living in like so i'm the uh, third generation skipped a generation in there, my mom's generation, but the third generation in my family to live on our farm. And uh, there are, so it was actually bought though by somebody who would have been my great, great grandfather for my great grandfather. So for his son, he bought the farm for him. And I think some of his tools are still around in there. So like really? I've used like old squares and stuff that are probably you know 110 years old that's pretty cool yeah that that's pretty cool that's, made right after you were born right that's so incredible. some things just last forever you know dude that's i was thinking about that today we have this old you know this like karaoke speaker that we never use for karaoke we just use it as a big speaker mm -hmm. and it lasted like two years and it's crapping out and i'm like this thing was made to last only two years yeah and i'm like that is such a waste because 
companies can be like, yeah, they're going to love it for like four months and they're going to get over it. Why would we build yeah. something to last longer? But think about like 200 years ago, my, or not this that long ago, but my grandma talks about, she got a doll once and she remembers that doll. It was like her one doll she had for years and years. Yeah. That was like her toy. That was like her one toy. And then she said when she got a little older, she got a bicycle and, um, her, uh, you know, her parents were doing their best. Her dad was a pastor, you know, back before pastors made any money. And, uh, and it, it was just wild to think like, like going into my, like remembering my house when I was a kid or like my little siblings or my nieces and nephew, just like how many toys they have and how yeah. ready the parents are. Oh, it's just like a $10 toy. It, Cause $10 isn't, doesn't mean anything. Right. But back then a 50 cent toy was still a big old percentage of their household yeah. income. Yeah. Dude, I'm ranting about how much things no, cost. This is interesting. It's yeah. an interesting conversation. We, I think we should save yours for next week. Okay, that's fine. I just because we're at we're at 20 minutes 30. I'm sorry, guys. I know. You oh, it's like, a good conversation. To uh, we need to have like a good thing to like finish on though. You know, it's kind of open ended here. Oh yeah. So what's the lesson in all of it, Nick? I think be grateful because I think when we're grateful, we we take care of things better. Cue Thanksgiving music. <laughs> what is, what is, uh, what is Thanksgiving music? When this why thing? are there no Thanksgiving songs? Here's why. Because. I was just reading a post about this today. You know who doesn't market for Thanksgiving? Who? Everybody. Why? Because it's not about consumerism. It literally fights uh, consumerism. Thanksgiving does. Because when you're thankful for your stuff, you don't need more. That's true. I, I mean, mean, Halloween has the monster mash, and that's pretty tough to live up to. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and Christmas has, you know, Mariah Carey. And, uh, <laughs> well, yeah, let's hear that as we close this episode. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to sing. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> that's not our most famous Christmas song. I don't even remember what it's called, but all be... I want for Christmas. Yes. Deal? That's the one. Yes. Kent doesn't, doesn't was Clayton say you're not cultured. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm uncultured. And you say I'm old. Doesn't so I'm know old America's like most famous Christmas song. <laughs> oh man. Thanks for listening guys.